As always, this video contains sensitive content stuff, and viewer discretion should be advised, I suppose. And if you have a story you want to send my way, go to AsTheRavenDreams.com slash submit or check the links down below. And of course, thank you and happy Halloween. Halloween was always a big thing in our family. Just like Christmas, as a family, we would decorate the front yard and the living room. We'd go get stuff for our costumes together. With six kids, my mom tended to make a lot of our costumes, or buy pieces to go with it. There was usually a used costume or two being worn, too. But we usually changed it up a bit. I was a mad scientist one year, and I wore an old wig and a lab coat. Then, another year, one of my sisters used the wig to be a crazy cat lady. We were all very creative, and I'm sure my parents appreciated saving some money. Then, the trick-or-treating was always a blast. I was the oldest of six kids, and we all dressed up, went out as early as we could, and stayed out as long as there were lights on. We always had fun, too. We lived in the Midwest, so there were some Halloweens that got cold, and one that I remember when it actually snowed. On those, my two youngest siblings didn't stay out as long, but we always got so much candy that we would pour it all in one bowl and just share it. I also don't like chocolate, so I tended to stash away the Jolly Ranchers and Pixie Sticks for myself. However... I started getting comments the last couple of years that I was trick-or-treating. There was a bit of an age difference between me and my youngest sibling, 12 to be exact. So when I was 14, I had a few people make a comment about how, aren't you too old for this, or it's about time for you to retire the costumes, don't you think? For those, being a kid, and my parents allowing me to still do it, I didn't see what the problem was so I typically just said I was the oldest and helping my little siblings. Some of them seemed okay with it, and others made sure to just not give me candy. Jokes on them, I still got some each year. I still had fun. There were times when my siblings would leave their bag in the car, so I had them use mine anyways, so it was always fair. When I was 16, Halloween was the same as the previous years. We got all decked out and headed out to trick-or-treat. Now, I will say that we lived in this same neighborhood for a few years now, and we were the only family with six kids, so it was pretty known who we were. At the same time, it was also not unusual to get things other than candy, of course. We got little sealed bags of cookies, chips, the always fun toothbrushes and apples as well as little toys and trinkets. Sometimes, we even got handmade treats. This was quite some time ago, so it was normal to get things like that. This year was no different with getting little individually wrapped brownies from an older lady, but she gave one to all of us. We finished up our night, went home, and we all crashed pretty quickly. The next day, we all combined our candy and 
sifted through all we got. We divided out the toys and other non-food items, and then basically agreed and bartered on everything. Since I didn't like chocolate, I agreed to give my brownie to my younger brother, and he gave me something he had specifically gotten. I think it was a full-sized box of runts or something to that effect. My second oldest brother, he was two years younger than me, traded his brownie too for something else. The day went on, and we all enjoyed our Sunday off, eating junk food, watching TV. Later that day, one of my brothers, Mikey, started feeling ill. My parents thought it could have been because it was cold on Halloween, or maybe he had just eaten too much candy. So, they gave him some Pepto, told him to rest, and that he would be fine. The next day, I went to wake him up for school, and he said that he still felt funny, but was doing better. So, we got up and got ready for school. When we came home, we started doing our homework at the table, and I noticed that Mikey was holding his head a lot. He said that his head was hurting, so my mom gave him something and had him lie down again. When we were making our plates for dinner, Mikey barely ate but drank a lot of water and then went back to bed. My parents said that if it didn't go away the next day, they would take him to the doctors. The next day, though, he seemed to be a bit weak, but otherwise okay, so they just let him stay home for the day so he could rest. When we came home, he was back in the living room playing the N64, and he seemed to be doing better. So, after homework, we got to play some more before dinner. Afterwards, we were allowed some of our Halloween candy. So, we had some, while we watched a movie, and then went to bed. During the night, though, I heard someone getting up and running water several times throughout the night, so I got up and checked what was going on. It was Mikey, in the bathroom getting cups of water to drink, saying that he was thirsty. I told him to try and sleep instead so we didn't have an accident, and he agreed and laid back down. The next morning, as we were getting ready for school, my mom asked me to try and wake him up again as she had tried twice already and had to get my younger siblings ready. I went in to wake him up, and he didn't budge. So I went over to his bed to shake him, when I noticed the vomit on his bed. I jumped up at first, being grossed out and then worried, until he finally let out a groan and started crying that he didn't feel good. So I went and yelled for mom to come look. She had me finish getting everyone ready while she called for my dad to help her get him cleaned up. I had never seen anything like this, and it actually scared me so I was trying to be nosy and listen to them. All I remember them saying was that they would schedule an appointment for him and keep him home again. When we came home, the doctor had told my mom that he had some sort of stomach bug, just gave him something and told them to keep him hydrated. The next day, though, he wasn't any better. In fact, he was even worse. And my eight-year-old sister was starting to show the same symptoms so my mom immediately took her in, and they gave her the same thing. After another day, Mikey still wasn't better. He hadn't eaten for two days at this point, 
but was still vomiting, and Kaylee was starting to react the same way. However, since she was even younger, she actually started becoming unresponsive, so they were both taken to the ER. That's when my family finally started getting answers. The doctor said their symptoms were similar to those of poisoning, and they were both tested. Sure enough, it came back that they were. Because of this, the other four of us and my parents were all tested, and we came back clear. Then they had these, like, poison control people ask us all these questions about if we had any poisons in our home, where we'd been, what we ate or drank the past week like that. No one could figure out what they could have possibly had that the rest of us didn't. Thankfully, they were able to treat it before it got worse, and the amount wasn't too high, so they both made it out okay. But it wasn't until later, when we got home, that we started figuring it out. The only thing we could determine that was varied was the Halloween candy. My parents had taken it away, and started going through it when the brownies were brought up. I never had mine, but I gave it to one of my siblings, Mikey. He actually ended up with two of them since my other brother gave him his. He ate both of his, one that following Sunday, and then one that Monday. Kaylee had one more recently. My other sister had one but was fine, and the other two hadn't been touched yet. I remember my parents contacting someone who came out to take samples of the candies and left. At the same time, my parents started asking us to recall when we got specific items. I remembered an older lady giving us the brownies because she had them on a cookie sheet, and when she bent down to hand them out, one of my siblings tried to reach for one when she stopped her and gave her one herself. So, we had to go down the street to try and determine who it was that gave it to us, and I hoped I was right. At that age, I was scared partially because of how severe and important the situation appeared to be, and also scared of knowing what the woman was trying to do to us, and also making sure I got the right house. I didn't remember much of what happened after that as a child, other than our parents watching us more closely when we did go out and checking our bags for everything we got. Anything not in a manufactured wrapper and seal got thrown out. It did get confirmed to me when I was told, when I was a lot older through my siblings, they had been poisoned by the brownies. Apparently, the old lady put rat poison and laxatives in the brownies to specifically hand out to older kids that shouldn't be trick-or-treating. She said she didn't want to kill anyone, just make us sick, which is why she thought the laxative would help it pass sooner, I guess. Something stupid like that. Problem with that was that she probably didn't expect us to pour it all out together and the brownies to get mixed all around. So, when us three older kids were supposed to have bad brownies, Mikey ended up with two of them and Kaylee with one. And it wasn't even the three older ones that got ill, so... Great plan, lady. I hope you never got to meet any kids, ever again.
I have a bit of a weird trick-or-treating story from when I was, like, around 10 years old. Back then, I was the girl that spent all of my time with the boys in the neighborhood, mostly because I was the only girl that lived on my street. I had two friends that I spent pretty much all of my time with, Luke and Nate. When I say I spent pretty much all of my time with them... I mean it. We were always together after school, playing Pokemon Blue on our Game Boys, which should give you a decent time frame for when this story took place. Halloween was no exception to the rules. The three of us had gone trick-or-treating every year, and this was the fourth year into our tradition. This year, because we were pretty much told that we could go around the block without adult supervision, we had hatched a bit of a plan on what we would do to maximize our candy haul. We had decided we would kind of go around the block and then cut through the woods at the end of the street to hit some of the larger houses on the other side. It was a solid plan, and while we weren't supposed to go through the woods and we only had permission to go around our block, we were ignorant and courageous ten-year-olds that thought we could do whatever without reproach. Basically, we assumed our parents wouldn't find out, and we lived under the philosophy that, if you don't get caught, then you didn't do anything wrong. I know, stupid philosophy. So, we headed out and started down the street towards the woods, hitting up each house on both sides of the road as fast as we could. When we got to the end of the street, we had already gotten a decent amount of candy, but the real pot of gold was just on the other side of the woods, which, as a kid, didn't seem that far, but looking back, was a good distance. We got done with our street, and as we were heading into the woods, I got hit with this really weird feeling of existential dread. Back then, as a kid, I didn't know what anxiety was, and I had never had a panic attack, but I would say that it was that weird tunneling feeling you get when things are about to go bad in your head. If you have anxiety issues, then you probably know what I'm talking about. Your vision kind of hyper-focuses, and you become super sensitive to literally everything. It's not dissimilar to that feeling you get when you're being watched by something that hates you. Almost like a really deep sense of fight or flight, but all you can think to do is fly. Anyways, I tell Luke and Nate that I don't think we should go into the woods... And then, being 10- and 11-year-old boys, they started to taunt me and ask me if I was scared. I told them I wasn't feeling very good, and they told me that I could just go home, but they were going to keep going. These two were my literal best friends, and I didn't want them to think less of me. So, I ignored my gut instinct and decided to go ahead and go in. We started our hike through the woods, which were a lot darker than we thought they would be. Thankfully, Luke had some sense about him, 
and he pulled out a plastic flashlight from his bag. He clicked it on, and he started shining it around the area so we could see where we were going. And, to be honest, I kind of wish he hadn't. As soon as he turned it on and started sweeping the area, I saw what looked like a disemboweled corpse of an animal. As we approached, I was proven correct. It looked like a a small animal, like a fox or a cat, and had been torn apart by something. I thought I was going to be sick. When we saw it, we all three sort of paused, and I think we all had the same thought, that we should turn around and go back home. I started to say those exact words, but before I could even say anything... Nate had pointed up into one of the trees and looked like he was about to scream. Luke and I looked up to where he was pointing, and it was then that my existential fear nearly turned into me passing out. Up in the tree, it was... something. I have no idea what really to call it. I guess a humanoid-like creature? It looked like it was about four foot tall. It wasn't much bigger than us but this thing looked like some weird mix of wolf and ape, and had huge, bulging eyes. It was covered in a a coarse brown fur, but it looked like it had patches missing, like it had scars where the fur had just been ripped out. I couldn't tell if it had a tail. What made this worse? This thing was tearing into the small corpse of another mammal, much like the fox thing we saw before, It was literally tearing it apart and eating it, while making this weird wheezing noise. Now, I've seen pictures of the dogman, or whatever, and it was not that. Like I said, it looked more ape-like. Whatever the hell this disgusting monster was, I was mortified, and I turned and I booked it. Thankfully... Luke and Nate both had the same idea. The three of us were running as quickly as we could to get out of those woods and back into our block. Whatever the hell that thing was, it didn't chase us. I think it was too distracted by whatever it was eating, or it had decided that we weren't an easy enough target, and for that, I am beyond grateful. We got home that night with less candy than any other year, all of us freaking out. Our parents asked us if we were okay. I think we all just told them we were fine or not feeling well. The three of us never brought it up again after that night. We never really told anyone else either. And I can tell you that we damn sure never went in those woods again. This happened back in 2008, I believe. I was a cringy scene girl in high school. You know the type. Long, dyed black hair, pale foundation with crazy eye makeup, fishnets, and cat ears kind of thing. That was my normal outfit for school, but for Halloween, I would go even more out there with it, and it looked normal. I always loved Halloween, from decorating to picking out a costume and trick-or-treating. Hell, 
I would probably still be out there doing it if people let me. Thankfully, I had a little sister, Becca, that was half of my age, so at 16, I still had a reason to trick-or-treat with her. So when we would get dressed up, we would go around the block while it was still light out, and then our parents would take us to other neighborhoods, like our grandparents' place. This was the preferable plan because Becca started getting cranky, and over it the first two hours or so, and we would end up getting the remaining candy from my grandma since it was so late. This year, of course, would end up different. Becca wasn't feeling very good, so we would end up going out later. I remember basically trying to bribe her to go, even if for a few hours, by offering her some of the candy that I got, letting her stay in my room to play, things like that. She went back and forth about going, so we were just going to go to my grandparents when she finally decided she wanted to walk around our neighborhood too. Since it was later than we normally went, it was already getting dark, so my dad gave me his phone to take with us in case anything happened, or if we needed him to come get us. So for a brief description of our block, we lived in a cul-de-sac with two houses on one side, and one on the other. Then, on the actual street to the left, it's a shorter path as we were closer to one end, and the other side was longer. We usually started down the longer side, crossed the street, and then went back up and around, but since she was cranky, I started on the shorter side. That way it was less time to walk back. Most of the houses we were somewhat familiar with, There were a few that always had the lights off, but for the most part, we knew where we were going. So, we got our costumes on, which my Becca was the littlest pet shop character, and I just had one of those mini Thule-like skirts, a neon leopard print shirt, and glowing cat ears and makeup. Then we started heading out, and the first couple of houses went fine there was actually one house that gave us full-sized bars. That seemed to give Becca her second win, and she was ready to keep going, thankfully. We made it to the end, and she wanted to continue, so we crossed the street and headed down. About midway down the street was a house that I remember typically had its lights off. It was a weird feeling. As we approached, the grass was unkempt, and there were several spots of just dirt, like the grass had completely died. There was a hammock attached to the tree, but it was torn up and obviously had been there for some time. The step to the porch was made of concrete, but was falling apart to where we just stepped over it instead, and the paint was peeling from the wall by the door. The house didn't look familiar at first, and by the time we got up to the door and Becca rang the doorbell, it finally clicked. We didn't normally go to this house, which immediately put me on edge, not really knowing who lived here. I put my arm around her as they unlocked the door, and I listened to her happily say, Trick or treat! And I just smiled, pretending I wasn't uncomfortable with the situation. The guy that answered did not help me feel any better either. He was wearing a dirty gray t-shirt and jeans with really dirty-looking hair. 
and then there was the smell that assaulted my nose when the door was opened. It smelled like pot and something rotting. It was awful. I think Becca felt off quickly after her greeting by the way she was holding back her bag and looking around. He looked down at her first, and then looked back up at me and smiled. And then it seemed to dawn on him why we were there. He started patting down his sides, and then walked away leaving the door wide open. I looked in some, and I saw another guy sitting on the couch, slouched over the arm, and I just remember thinking he looked like he was dead. When he came back, he dumped like four or five mini bags of chips in Becca's bag, which once again got her attention. She smiled and thanked the guy, but he didn't take his eyes off of me. He then asked, What are you supposed to be, sexy? I said a cat, and then nudged Becca to turn around so we could keep walking. Right as I turned around, though, he asked, Hey, you want a party? I said no thank you, and started walking off. That's when he started shouted like he was pouting, Ah, don't be a tease, baby. Thinking it would scare him off, I just shouted back, I'm only 16, you creep. But he didn't move, didn't say anything, just kept smiling. So I rushed us out of the yard into the next house. The next house had their lights on, thankfully, and answered when we knocked. I kept looking over to see if that guy was still standing there when I finally noticed he wasn't standing on the porch anymore. I started loosening up again, thinking he was just being creepy, but tried to assure myself that knowing I was 16 now, he wouldn't try anything. We got down to the end, and as we were about to cross the street, which was just a four-way stop, a car started slowing down. I tried to wave them to go before we crossed when they flashed their lights at us, so we started crossing. We were about halfway across when the driver started rolling down their window. To my horror, it was that same guy, and he said, Hey baby, need a ride? I immediately grabbed my sister by the arm, pulled her back across the street, and up to the house that we had just gone to and banged on the door. The older lady looked startled, and I tried to explain what was going on when Becca started crying. She offered to let us come in, and I pulled out my dad's phone to call him. I noticed the lady called someone too, who turned out to be the police. My dad showed up pretty quickly, and started asking me where the house was. The lady told my dad as well as the police when they showed up that she saw the car turn right and go up the road. I had to explain to them what had happened, which was embarrassing at the time to have to explain what was said to me, but then they had me point out the house that had happened at. I know my dad was really pissed because he wanted to confront the guy, but the cops told my dad to take us home and that they would be back over to our place when they were done. When they returned, my dad wouldn't let me listen to what they were talking about, but I do remember he was fuming when he was talking to the cop and my mom. I don't know whatever happened to the guy, but I can tell you that I never saw him again. But the bad news was, 
we never really got to go trick-or-treating alone ever after that. We still walked, but my mom or dad were following in a car. But at the same time, I was okay with that. I think the guy moved out or got kicked out because when the school bus would drive by, the house slowly started looking better and better. However, creepy guy from my old neighborhood, I never want to meet you again. So that was a collection of trick-or-treat stories. Let me tell you a story about when I was a wee lad, just a little tiny boy. Um, I was probably like seven, six. I was really young. And looking back, now that I'm saying that, six and seven is, is actually a little more cognizant than I probably was, so I was probably like five. I was, I was super young. Anyways, I remember um, trick-or-treating down, I think it was my grandmother's neighborhood, uh, with my two older sisters and my dad. And as we were trick-or-treating, I remember I had to go to the bathroom, and I don't recall them ever letting me go. Like, we never stopped. We just kept going trick-or-treating. And again, I was like five, so I was I was like a little tiny boy. Um, and I remember that night, uh, while I was walking up somebody's hill uh, to go to their house to knock on the door and trick-or-treat, I had an accident because I was a little boy. I was tiny. And I just remember while people were all around me trick-or-treating, my sisters knocking on this person's door... I stopped, I turn around, and I yelled up to my dad, Dad, I peed my pants. That's my horror story. I was tiny. I was a little kid. I, again, it was an, I had an accident. Whatever. That's, that's all I remember as far as my trick-or-treating experiences go. We never really had any horrifying experiences, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it. Uh, probably fortunately. I just don't have any stories to share. <laughs> um, so yeah. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this video. If you did, please do hit that thumbs up button. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe to the channel if you're interested. If you're not new, thank you for returning. Always love a repeat customer. If you want to support the channel further, you can hit join down below or go to patreon.com slash asthereavendreams where for $1 a month you get access to all my content early, up to 24 hours. You also get access to my Raven Investigates content early as well for both. So, just saying. Also, this uh, today, in a few hours from right now, a new Raven Investigates will be dropping over on the second channel. Make sure you check that out. True crime stuff. Gotta love it. Anyways, I hope all of you have a beautiful evening. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend and a fantastic Halloween. Just know that I love you. You are important. You are valid. And you should never, ever let anyone else tell you otherwise. Because if they tell you otherwise, they're a liar. Never forget that. And... Until I see you next time, sleep well.